Good morning. It's uh, good to be with you. I always look forward to coming, to seeing you. It's about the people. It's not about the building. And so it's it's good to be here. As was mentioned, we're going to be speaking about baptism. And I'm going to ask and try to answer the question, why bother about it? What's so important about baptism? Let me go back in my life quite a bit. I remember when I first became a Jesus follower, I was pretty young, um, probably about eight years old. Um, didn't know a lot, but I remember three distinctive times when God spoke to me and I had a choice to make. Could I say yes or could I say no to what he was saying? I should probably clarify when I say God spoke to me, it wasn't audible. I think that is pretty rare. It was through his word, the Bible, that we have in our own languages and can read what he has to say. The first time was actually the night I got saved, that I trusted Christ as my Savior. Talked to my mother I was afraid that if Jesus came back, I wouldn't be ready and I would go to hell and I got scared. And she explained one verse that many of you have heard and talked about many times. And it was this from John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. My mother had me put my name in place of the word whoever or whosoever. That's the word in the version I was using at the time. And it clicked. I wasn't just some speck in the world. I was an individual. Christ died for me. And I remember I responded with a yes by simply praying on my own, went to my room, and I prayed and asked, told God that I was a sinner. I desperately needed what Christ did. I believed He died for me. And I asked Him to be my Savior. That was a watershed event. It changed my whole life. The second event was a few years later. I had doubts about whether I stayed saved. I I thought if I sinned that somehow God would take this free gift of salvation away from me. And I heard someone speak at a church service similar to this, different location, of course. And he said... Don't rely on your feelings for your assurance. Rely on the promises of God's Word. And he quoted some of them. And then he said, if God's Word says it, I believe it, and that settles it. And I believed it. Again, I said, yes, Lord, to what he said in his Word. And I put my trust in what God said instead of how I felt. The third event was literally a watershed experience. 
It's the night I got baptized. And I was young. And to be honest with you, I was shaking like a leaf in that baptismal pool for two reasons. Number one, I was scared. And number two, the water heater had broken and the water had no heat in it. And this was in January in Illinois. But I tell you, I was proud to stand there in that pool because of what Jesus had done. And I wanted to call attention to Jesus. And in my simple way, I did that. And that was that third event, and actually the one we're going to talk about this morning, about why bother about baptism. I'm going to talk, give you three points. The why of baptism, and the, the, um, the what of baptism, what it means, and then talk about the a little bit about the how of baptism and then I'm warning you I've been praying that God would cause some of you to make some very hard decisions and to be willing to courageously stand up and be a witness for Christ by being baptized so the first point I want to make is this. Let me give you the point and then explain. Every Christian needs to be baptized without exception. No matter how young, how old, how knowledgeable you are about the Bible or whatever, your race, your ethnicity, every Christian needs to be baptized. And there's a reason for this. Very simply, Jesus commanded it. And I'm going to read here from Matthew chapter 28. The last words of Jesus. I was at a memorial service yesterday in Seattle for a very dear friend. And um, they were talking about some of his last words. Things that he said. And I tell you, those who heard those last words listened carefully. The disciples were listening carefully because these were the last words He would tell them before He ascended to heaven after His death and resurrection. And this is what He said. Verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Me. In other words, what I'm going to tell you now is authoritative. And then he says, verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, that is these disciples that you will make, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, that is, these disciples, to observe all that I've commanded you. And then he says, Behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Um, Jesus is not making a suggestion here. Like, if you got some spare time, consider this. This is a given. 
By the word, by the way, the first word in verse 19, go, it's not a command. Our English Bibles sort of give the idea that it's a command. It's actually, if you know anything about English, it's a participle. And he has the idea of going. Or, as you go, do this. The assumption was they would go. They would be scattered throughout the world. And as they would move through their lives in their places where they lived, they were to do one thing and do two things in response to the one. The one thing was make disciples, share the gospel of Jesus, lead people into personal faith in him based on his death, his resurrection. But then take those disciples and do two things. Baptize them and then teach them everything I've taught you. Pass it on. This was the command of the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we're talking about baptism, it's, it's not an if you feel like it as a Christian, but do it because Jesus asked us to be baptized and to baptize others. The earliest Christians took this very seriously. I'm going to go through this very quickly. You go through the book of Acts. I'm reading through the book of Acts personally in my time with the Lord now. And boy, there's so many references. New believers in Jerusalem. Um, in verse chapter 2 and verse 38, the message that was given to these people was repent and be baptized, everyone, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You notice the order. It's not be baptized in order to become a child of God to receive salvation. Baptism comes after a person is saved. It's for those who are already disciples of Jesus. And what do they do? Verse 41, those who accepted his message, as Peter in this case, were baptized. New Christians in Samaria. Acts 8.12. It says, when they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, what? After they believed the message, they were baptized both men and women. Saul, the first century terrorist, the first century persecutor of Christians, had his life radically changed because he met Jesus, believed on him, And then it says he arose and was baptized. Cornelius, we talked about him, I don't know, a couple of months ago uh, from Acts chapter 10. He was a Gentile, not even a Jewish person. But he heard the gospel, the good news, and Peter asked him the question, Can anyone withhold water? for baptizing these people. That was Cornelius and his family. 
Is there any reason why they shouldn't be baptized? Of course, the answer was no. That's, by the way, a good question for you, for us. Is there any good reason, if you haven't been baptized, why you shouldn't? And then it goes on to say, he, and this is Peter, commanded them to be baptized. Lydia, an early Christian, Acts 16.15, she was baptized and her household. The jailer in Philippi had this this earth-shaking experience where there was an earthquake and the doors of the prison were flung open and he was scared to death. And Paul and Silas shared the gospel, Jesus, with him. And he believed, and it says he was baptized at once. He and all his family, they all believed. And they were all baptized. Christians in Corinth, chapter 18 and verse 8, says many of the Christians hearing Paul believed and were baptized. So the early Christians took Jesus seriously. They knew the command, the last words of Jesus. They took it seriously and responded by being baptized through Christian baptism. So, every Christian, every single Christian should be baptized. Are you a believer in Jesus Christ? Have you been transformed by the gospel? Have you been baptized? If not, why not? Second point is this. And this is more of the what of baptism, that baptism is a sign of identification with Christ and his death and resurrection. In the New Testament, there are actually two different kinds of baptism. I'm leaving out what we call the baptism of John the Baptist, which was a sign of repentance. But in addition to that, there are two forms of baptism, spiritual baptism and then water baptism. They're different, but connected. Let me talk about spiritual baptism for a second. And I read from Romans chapter 6, beginning with verse 5. It says this, For we have all, if we have been united with him in a death like his, we certainly will be united with him in a resurrection like his. Actually, I was going to begin reading from verse 3. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Here it's a reference to Christ's death. Christ went to the cross, as we remembered a few minutes ago, and He allowed God's wrath to impact Him to bear the penalty for the sins we have committed because He was innocent. 
And he went to the cross and he died and then was raised from the dead. But he took the penalty that was assigned to us. He took that upon himself. And what these verses are talking about is that Christ, when Christ died, and then we believe in him and believe the gospel of Jesus, put our faith in him, his death is assigned to us without our going through his death. His resurrection is assigned to us. It's as if we died with him, even though we didn't. He was the one who did it in our place. We talked about football easier. I mean, earlier. Um, supposing, and this is a real stretch, supposing you're a member of a football team. You can see what I mean by a real stretch. But imagine that you are. And your team wins the game 48 to nothing. Which um, is kind of a blowout. The only thing is, you, a player on that team, sat on the bench the whole time. You didn't go in even for a minute. And yet you can say, at the end of the game, we won 48 to nothing, because you're a member of the team. The same is true with respect to what Christ did. When you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you can say, I died with Christ. I rose with Him. He did it in your place. But you can make that personal. And it's an amazing thing. And then there's water baptism. Water baptism is really a dramatization, I call it, of spiritual baptism. We have a pool, and usually it doesn't leak. Sometimes it does, sometimes it does, Duane. But um, we have people go in that pool, and they are dunked under the water, and then brought back up. We've never lost anyone. And going under the water is a sign of death. If you would stay there, you would die. Coming back up is a sign of resurrection. It's really dramatizing what Christ did on the cross and rising from the dead. He died, He rose. And when you go through the waters of baptism... You're shouting to those that are watching, and we make it a public thing on purpose for maximum witness. You're shouting, Christ died for me. He was raised for me. And then I like to emphasize the newness of life thing when you get out of the pool and you walk out that door. Um, you are telling everyone you want to live a new life for Jesus. You want to walk in newness of life because of what he did. Third point, and I'm going to be very brief on this.
Baptism is best done by immersion in water. This is what we believe here at Westside. I know some churches, they do it differently. Some save on water and they sprinkle water on a person and bless them. They've chosen to do that. Let me give you three reasons why we believe in total immersion in water for a few seconds and then bring them back up. Number one, the Greek word baptize, baptismo, means to to dip or to plunge. It's the literal meaning of that word. Like when you're washing dishes by hand and you dip it in the the dishes in the dishpan, you put them under. You don't just wave a little bit of water on it. Number two, baptism in the early church seems to be immersion. In Acts chapter 8, you find Philip having this encounter with um, the eunuch out in the middle of the desert. And Philip explains the gospel to him from Isaiah 53, and the eunuch obeys and asks the question, is there any reason why I can't be baptized? And they see some water, and then it says they went down into the water, Philip baptized him, and came out of the water. That seems to imply the immersion thing. But this is why we baptize by immersion here. And number three, we think it best illustrates this concept of death, burial, resurrection. Um, More accurately signifying what Christ did and what it what it signifies. I want to talk to you now about your fears. (laughs) And I understand them. Remember I was shaking like a leaf when I was baptized for a couple of reasons. Have you been baptized as a Christian? Or have you put it off? You could be an adult up in years and you've never been baptized. It's not too late. You might say, well, I can never get into that pool because of some physical limitations that I have. Nita and I were in England in September and witnessed a baptism and there was an older lady um, quite up in years and had a, a disability and they actually figured out a way to baptize her. I won't tell you how, but it was very effective. And so, really, no excuses. Or you could say, I don't know very much about the Christian life. I'm just learning. And I'd like to be here in terms of my knowledge. I'm not there yet. We want you to seriously consider obeying the command of Jesus. And it takes courage. But the Bible calls Christians to be very courageous in taking a stand for Jesus and for the gospel. That's becoming more difficult. There's been a, been much more pushback 
against believers who take a stand for their faith in Jesus Christ. Our freedoms are being eroded, and that is even having an effect on those who would witness to their faith in Jesus Christ. Free speech is being restricted, and if you say something in our world today that the unbelieving world doesn't like, you're automatically canceled. Canceled. But Jesus has told us what to do, and God's Word tells us that we are to stand in courage. You know, it's going to get a lot worse. Let me share something with you really quick. And I want to go to Revelation chapter 13. This is an assignment you can do this week. Read Revelation 13 about what is going to happen in the future and how the pushback is going to get worse. couple brief points. Revelation 13 talks about the fact that Satan will enlist Antichrist, who is called a beast in this chapter, to oppose God. And then this Antichrist will deceive the whole world into following him and worshiping Satan. And you can see with what is happening today how easy it will be for the world to be deceived. That is going to happen. But then you hop over to my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, Revelation 19. And it talks about the fact that Christ will judge Antichrist, throw him into hell forever. But then, here in Revelation 13, key verse. John the Apostle is not just explaining what will happen. He's telling believers how to live and act in light of what will happen. And in verse verse 10, here it is. Here is a call for the endurance and faith of the saints. Here is a call for what? Not for the saints to cave. Not for the saints to succumb to their fears but for the saints to endure and maintain a strong faith as they march into the future. I think all of us need to decide early, ahead of time, what we will do when we get pushback and we share the gospel with people and we are canceled or where we are, we have our freedoms taken away. We need to, to decide ahead of time what we will do. And the first step to take as a believer in Jesus Christ is to stand up in front of everybody, declare your faith in Christ. And we usually ask, in fact, always ask those that are baptized to give a testimony, a story of what Christ has done in their life and why they want to be baptized because it's a great opportunity for witness to stand up for Jesus and then go under the water 
and declare that you are going to be a follower of Christ for life. We need to decide ahead of time to take courageous action. And so I ask you, no matter how old you are, how young you are, if you're a believer in Christ and have never been baptized, Jesus would say that it is time. What you can do to express your interest, you can go to the website, Next Steps, Baptism, click that. There's a form you can fill out to get our attention, and then we will contact you or just talk to one of us elders, and we will take time with you to walk you through what baptism means and to walk you through the practical things. And then we'll baptize you. Our vision is to see baptisms every single month. Not once or twice a year, every month. And so I've been praying that God would use His Word to move some of us who need to take this step to do so. I'm going to pray, and I know time is short, but then we're going to sing a song. It's entitled... I have decided to follow Jesus. My encouragement would be for all of us to sing this in a very personal way. In fact, if you don't mean it, don't sing it. But if you do, sing it loud from your heart. One verse says, Though none go with me, still I will follow. If you're the only one to get baptized, are you willing? I'm going to pray and then we'll sing together. Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for what he has done. Lord Jesus, you're amazing that you would go through humiliation, being publicly exposed, half-naked, Enduring spitting and mocking and then having the nails put in your body for us. And Lord, if you would do that much for us, we just want to be willing to do simple things like being baptized in the name of Jesus. And I pray you would move people to make that decision today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.